This is Benbo from Benbo's Basketball Newsletter. Welcome to episode four of our podcast. Have a great interview with Dan Healy from Miami Heat UK website and podcast coming up. Quick note, best to treat these first few podcast episodes as beta episodes, testing episodes. My equipment is still not upgraded. I'll be back in the U.S. in about a month, and that's when I'll fully upgrade my equipment. Probably, I'll be in New York, so I'll probably just rent out space to properly record a podcast. So as you'll hear in the interview coming up, my side of the audio is poor quality. I mean, it's you can certainly hear it and all of that, but it just doesn't sound great, whereas Dan's side sounds great. So I just want to give you a heads up on that. And now to the interview with Dan Healy. Okay, three, two, one, we're live. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, yes, hello. I'm, uh, my name is Dan Healy, and I run the At The Miami Heat UK page on all social media, and I'm the host of uh, Heating Up The UK podcast. Fantastic. Well, since you have your own podcast, why don't we start there? And since this is you know, episode four, I think, of my podcast, and you're my first guest. So, one, thanks for doing that. No problem. And two, what are your general tips for doing a good podcast? <laughs> well, um, I've been running my podcast for about 18 months. I'm approaching 50 episodes. So, I do tend to do one sort of every week um, and trying to be a bit more regular with it as we, as we progress. But um, I, I'm no expert at all. I am just a fan who loves to talk about my beloved Miami Heat. So, but a lot of my um, <laughs> own podcast episodes are with a lot of Heat media. I've had the pleasure of um, uh, interviewing guys like Eric Reed and Jason Jackson and um, people uh, who lead the content providing uh, material out in Miami. So I've had some great guests, but I'm certainly not of that ilk. A lot of my podcasts are very much stutted and ums and errs and so on. But I'm just a fan who enjoys talking heat basketball. So uh, the only advice I would give is just keep doing it if you're enjoying it. If you're not enjoying it, then your listeners won't enjoy it. So I just try and right. portray that. I'm not, I'm not an expert by any means, but I am a passionate fan. And I like to think that my content sort of infuses that and then the listeners sort of follow along with it. So that's it, man. Just enjoy it. Fantastic. That's great advice. If you enjoy it, others will enjoy it. Exactly. So speaking of your beloved Miami Heat, how did you become a Miami Heat fan? Well, I've only been um, a basketball fan really for five years. That's all. And it just came out the blue. I'm a, I'm a big sports fanatic. I love all my sports over here in the UK. Um, you give me anything with a fixture list and a league table and I'm all over it. So I, I really like that. But for some reason, I never really entertained or either had any real interest in any of the American sports and it was only really out the blue on um, the eve of the 2016-2017 season where my younger brother had loosely followed the NBA the year before and he said to me look I think this isn't a sport that you would enjoy it's fast-paced it's fun give it a go so I just picked a team literally picked a team it was the, one of the only teams that I'd heard of um, I downloaded the free trial of NBA Pass because I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it or not and within one game that was it hooked love at first sight I loved my team I'd loved the sport and I've never missed a game since so I fully fully uh, involved in all Miami sports now not just the heat I love my Dolphins my Marlins Panthers you name it I'm fully <laughs> into it so uh, I just became a, a, an American sports nut and uh, especially with the Miami heat so it was really just no real story to it just my brother said get involved you might like it you might not I tried it and I loved it and I've stuck with it ever since Fantastic. So, so your brother 
sold you your first dose of Miami sports and you've just been down the rabbit hole since. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was uh, at the time he's actually switched teams now, but at the time he was an Orlando Magic fan. So that was the reason why I chose the Heat mainly because I thought, well, okay, if you're going to be Orlando, (laughs) I'll be Miami. There'll be a bit of sort of Floridian sporting rivalry (laughs) there. Um, But it was also, you know, over here, basketball is growing. Definitely the NBA is growing without doubt. But um, five years ago, if you would have said, name me five teams in the NBA, I would have struggled. But the Miami Heat was one that I had heard of. That was another reason for it. So, uh, yeah, but since then, as I say, it's just been um, a, a great journey falling in love with this team. Fantastic. Are you a, a University of Miami Hurricanes fan as well? Does it go that deep? Yeah, it's, it, I keep an eye on it. There's no real coverage of any um, sort of college stuff over here, but uh, I keep an eye on the results, catch some highlights where I can. But everything else I'm fully subscribed to. Nice. And just uh, something that's coming to my memory is, does Jimmy Butler support a Premier League team? Yes, I believe he does. I think, although he may, this may not be true. I think there's a, there's a Chelsea fan there somewhere. Oh, that might be Goran Dragic mm-hmm. that's a Chelsea fan. I'm, I'm pretty sure Jimmy is a uh, Paris Saint-Germain fan. I'm not sure if he's got an okay. English team or not. Um, but I know that him and Goran uh, have this real sort of rivalry with, with soccer. So, uh, yeah, that's great fun to see them bond over something uh, that's outside of the U.S., which is good. Fantastic. And have you been able to visit Miami? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been out to the States three times to see Miami. I've only actually been to Miami once, but uh, my first time I flew out to Toronto and watched uh, watched them play uh, against the Raptors. That was my first time. That was an incredible game. We beat them right at the buzzer with a uh, with a layup from Wayne Ellington. That was my first ever uh, Miami experience seeing them. And then I wow. flew out to um, New York and Philadelphia and watched games uh, against the Sixers as well. Um, so that was a great guy, the great time, really loved going out there. And then I went to a, I flew out two years ago, 2018 to Miami. The only time I've been out there, uh, for a free game homestand, which was, um, so it was supposed to be during the, uh, one last dance season for Dwayne Wade. So it was my last chance to go and see him in action. So I went out, flew out to Miami for the homestand. We lost all three games and Dwayne Wade <laughs> didn't play any of them because he was on paternity <laughs> leave. So, uh, that was quite incredible. Right. So, but it was great, wow. fun. So, great fun. So you've been to American Airlines Arena and, and had all experience, seen everybody showing up, you know, at the second halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Miami fans uh, don't like to get there on time. A lot of it really is down to traffic. Um, I mean, I, I I saw that firsthand. It's not easy getting in and out of that arena without doubt. But yeah, I was there. For, you know way, way, way before tip. I was there about an hour before tip, just soaking it all in. So, uh, yeah, I was a proper European fan there, just uh, sitting there in my seat with a big grin and my uh, my cause light ready to go. Nice. I'm the exact same way. I, when I go to a game in person, I like to get there as early as possible. I love to watch the guys work up. You can kind of just see who's locked in, who's taking it serious, you know, body language, how people interact with each other. I think it all is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay, so 2016-2017 season is when you became a fan. Is that back in the Hassan Whiteside era? That's right. uh, Where are we there? Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, that first season, if you remember the famous um, 30 and 11 season where we started the season 11 and 30 and then we we spent the second half of the season going 30 and 11 and we missed out on the playoffs because of a tiebreaker. Uh, with the Chicago Bulls, but that was the season, that was my first season of Miami Heat basketball. So not a great start, but then an incredible journey in the second half of the season that helped me sort of fall in love with that team. 
But yes, you're right. It was Hassan Whiteside, James Johnson, Dion Wade's days. Uh, so I missed all the big free stuff, man. I missed all the success. Yeah, just missed it. Like missed it by a year, year, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I got to see Dwayne in the end because of, because of his return. I got to see Dwayne, which is the most important thing, considering obviously he's the he's the uh, the best player to ever play for this franchise. So it's great to see him and support the team whilst he was in the uniform. Is he your all time favorite player? Oh, he has to be. Yeah, has to be. I mean, don't get me wrong. My first jersey was a Hassan Whiteside jersey because he was the play, he was the franchise player at that point, which seems incredible. But since then, yeah, I've got I've got about four or five uh, Dwayne jerseys now. So uh, yeah, he is our hero. Well, watching Wade back in the day, those first couple of seasons, of course, he won won the ring his third season. He was so fast. It's like if you're playing a video game and you just hit the turbo button, that's what he was like. Yeah, 100% incredible. So who's your favorite player these days? At the moment, I mean, it's, we're lucky to have two All-Stars now. Um, after going through a few years of mediocrity, we've got two All-Stars in Bam and Jimmy. Um, Jimmy Butler is the best player on this team. Um, you know, the most impactful, uh, one of the biggest leaders in the league. But um, Bam's my favourite player just because uh, it's scary, the, the fact that there is no ceiling to this guy. He's, he's only This is only his second year as a starter, only his fourth year in total. And he's already putting up um, improvements year after year. He's nowhere near the finished article. Um, he's still got some things that he knows he can uh, he can elevate to in his game. And once he does, he'll be one of the best players in the league, without a doubt. So the face of the franchise is Bam Adebayo. So he's my favorite player. Yeah, for sure. And there's something about players that just improve year to year. Of course, you take a natural jump between your rookie year and your second year. But after that, the players that continue to improve, people like Bam and people like Butler, people like half the Heat roster, actually, mm. that's what you're looking for. You're looking for people that are never satisfied with where they are and are always trying to get better. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's, uh, it is scary because, he's, as I said, it is his fourth year, but the first two years he was stuck behind Hassan Whiteside's contract, really. I think that was the thing <laughs> because I think the, uh, the the coaching system know, knew there, Spo and, uh, and, and the rest of the crew knew that they wanted to try and bring Bam in maybe sooner than uh, than they, they than they did, but they sort of felt like you know we had, um, Hassan on a max contract there who wasn't producing, but it was almost like giving up on uh, the player. So they had to sort of play the money before the before the actual player. I believe I think there was a certain element of that. So we saw really with the breakout season when he was finally unleashed uh, when Hassan was obviously shipped out to. Um, uh, to uh, Portland, so uh, he got oh, his chance yeah. to shine, um, and he did. I mean, it became an all-star in his first year as a starter, and we've seen again this year he's made some improvements. We're starting to see that mid-range jumper now starting to hit. Uh, he just needs to learn to be a little bit more aggressive. I think that's the thing. He needs to believe in himself a bit more. He is a max contract player now, even though it doesn't kick into the end of the year. But as soon as he realises um, his potential, I think that's the thing now, is, uh, is realising how good he is and having an effect on his game. Uh, and he'll, as I right. said, there's no, there's no ceiling to this guy. Right. And everything he does positively impacts winning. Yeah, that's it. And he's a, he's a big who can do so much. You know, he's so athletic. He's so quick. He can bring the ball up. He can dunk. He's, he can guard anybody one through five. So as I said, this is um, a special player on our hands. He's still very young. Uh, got his whole career in front of him. So I'm expecting multiple stars um, and hopefully a ring or two under his uh, stewardship. Sorry, the, the last part you cut out, hopefully what? Hopefully a ring or two under his mm. stewardship. <laughs> they, they, they're really playing great. 
um, before the All-Star break here. Yeah, it's a um, it's been a strange season because we, we we started badly. We've had some real problems, as a lot of the league has. So it's not really an excuse, but we had some real struggles um, just just because of bad health. A lot of our players not in. We've had uh, a majority of the season with Avery Bradley not playing, who's one of our best better defenders. When we lost out, um, well, not lost out, but we did we. Um, re- couldn't re-sign Derek Jones Jr. or Jay Crowder, who were very impactful in our run to the finals last year. Um, you know, they're two of our better defenders and we lost both of them. So we brought in Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless to sort of fill that void. We haven't seen hardly anything of Avery because of his injuries. Mo Harkless has struggled with form and injuries himself as well. So we've we've been impacted on that sense. And yet here we are as one of the better defensive teams in the league, which really, really makes me scratch my head, which is a credit to players, um, you know, mm-hmm like uh, Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, who are not good defenders at all, but have really had to increase their game defensively. And we've really seen a great impact. Kelly Olynyk uh, has been good in spades. We've had no Jimmy Butler for many games as well. He's been in and out with health protocols as well. Andre Godala at the age of 35, 36, whatever it is now, um, he's still mm-hmm. doing good things, you know, playing good basketball uh, at his age. Still got some spring in those legs for sure. So it's been a strange season, but now that we're getting back to full health, We've only had about uh, 70 minutes, I believe it is, with Bam, Jimmy and Goran Dragic playing on the court at the same time. We've still not seen any of those together with Avery Bradley yet. He will should be back any time now after All-Star break. So once the team gets healthy, and they are getting healthy, hence the reason why we've won six of our last seven or seven of our last eight, whatever it is now, um, we're going to hopefully see this team you know, start to start to make a bit of a a, a climb, let's say, and, and and solidify a place in the playoffs because the schedule also starts to soften up. I think we've got the second easiest schedule re- remaining now. Um, so I'd like to think that we we look forward rather than behind our shoulder now. Yeah, not to pat myself on the back too much, but about I don't know ten days ago, I I wrote on the newsletter that look for the Miami Heat to go on a run here because they're getting healthy and they just have not a cupcake schedule, but they have a lot of weaker teams and they, you know, they just finished this long West coast road trip. So they had a lot of weaker teams at home and that continues for another week or so. The the next sort of game on the schedule that I have my eye on as a potential tough one is not until Memphis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We think we only play three teams with 0.500 or better records over March. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and one of those is the New York Knicks, which, uh, you know, no disrespect to them because we're having a great season. But there's no – that we should go into every game, really, throughout the rest of this month as the favourite to win. Of course, we won't win them all because the NBA doesn't work like that. But we, where is it so tight in the East? The East is completely wild. They're only a couple of – we're only a game, I think, away from um, a top-four seed. But we're only about two games back from being about 13th. So it is really strange. But you'd like to think now – with players returning to health, which is the key issue, the uh, schedule softening. Historically, Miami are a better team after All-Star break as well, which works in our favour. So you'd like to think now that we can solidify um, that sort of uh, playoff lock now and, and maybe even start to, to keep an eye on those top three because uh, although I think that Philadelphia and, and Brooklyn are probably too good for the rest, um, there's a chance we might be able to penetrate that top three. I'm not um, particularly sort of overawed with what I'm seeing with Milwaukee, etc. So, And what's such a strange season, there'll still be um, health protocols in place. Who knows what will happen? But the Heat getting back to health should do nothing but help uh, their run now. Yeah, I agree 100%. And Jimmy Butler is one of my favourite players. I just love the way he approaches the game. I love him as a competitor, as a teammate. 
And when you have him and Bam, you know, anything is, uh, anything is possible. Yeah, I completely agree. And, um, you know, Jimmy's one of the, you know, I, I put him in that top 10 bracket. I know people may scoff at that, but it's not just about stats point, you know, putting up, even though he is on a tear at the moment and he's almost averaging a triple mm-hmm. double since he's come back. So he is putting up stats. I think he's playing a bit like a, um, a peed off, um, all star that got, got, got snubbed. I think he's really showing that, it, yeah, okay, you want some numbers. I can give you some numbers, but he doesn't mm-hmm. care about his stats. He, he will not, that doesn't mean a thing to him. All that matters to Jimmy is, is winning. And if you're prepared to come in and work hard, work like a dog and show him that you're willing to put everything on the court and come away with that W, that's all that matters to Jimmy Butler. And I wouldn't swap him for anybody in the league. 100%. He's just the kind of player you love having on your team, being able to root for. Yep, completely agree. Well, Dan, last question before we get you out of here. Looking ahead, what are you concerned about and what are you hopeful about with the team? I think the concerns are strangely on on offense because we was a good offensive team last year and we was not we was a relatively average below average uh, defensive team and that's sort of switched now which is strange as I said as I've just covered with the fact that we're missing some quite big uh, defensive players but the offense has got to get better the three point shooting is down I think naturally that was always going to happen because you was always going to get that little bit of a free pass with people players like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow who uh, you know teams were learning about them as they come on on the job especially Duncan Robinson who sort of exploded out of nowhere. So teams know how to prepare against uh, him and Tyler, especially now. So that three-point shot has dropped off a bit. But offensively, the rhythm hasn't really been there this year. Um, so we need to find that, um, that that offensive rhythm back again. I think if we can do that, as I said, Goran um, has missed large chunks of the season and he's so important for running our, our offense. And, you know, he also facilitates a lot as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing him, Jimmy and Bam share a lot more minutes in the second half of the season. Um, naturally, when your better players are on the, on the court, uh, you, you expect wins to, to follow, which I believe will happen. But I expect maybe the odd tweak here and there. I don't think we'll do anything big before a trade deadline. One or two rumours, but I think there might be the odd tweak here and there to just solidify this team. But I think that, um, yeah, if we can do that, if we can stay healthy, then I believe we could gear up towards another run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I don't see us going past that this year. I think the East is too strong. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, full health is the most important thing. So if we can get healthy, make that tweak, just improve on that offensive structure, um, then I think it's exciting times for the second half of the season for Heat fans. 100%. Well, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time. Like I said at the top, you're my first guest on my podcast, so I appreciate that. And if you could just remind everybody again where they can find you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great fun. Um, yeah, you can find me on all social media on at the Miami Heat UK. Uh, so mainly most responsive on Twitter, but we are on Facebook and Instagram as well. YouTube channel is something we've recently launched, which is Miami Heat UK TV. So if you, uh, if you're interested, go and subscribe to that. That would mean a great deal to me. And the podcast is heating up the UK, which is, uh, normally weekly, sometimes twice a week, but usually weekly. And that's available on all podcast platforms. Fantastic. Well, have a great day. Have a great week. And we'll keep our eye on the heat. Thank you very much, man. So that was our interview with Dan Healy from Miami Heat UK. Thanks for listening. You can find all of my work at benbow.substack.com. That's benbow.substack.com. Have a great day out there in the city.